0: Together, we will win. Now, here's your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Jermisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego.
1: All right, folks. This segment is sponsored by John Dillon at Dillon Law. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You didn't have that in my script. This is FM 961, AM 1170. The Answer. This is Gun Owners Radio, and this segment is sponsored by John Dillon and Dillon Law Group. Got legal matters that involve anything gun-related? Call our attorney, John Dillon. Got problems involving these new red flag laws? What about gun registration questions? Well, gun transportation questions. Well, maybe you aren't sure that your gun complies with California law. You need to call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. John Dillon is right here in Carlsbad and specializes in California gun laws. Give him a call at 760-642-642. Seven one five zero, or you can go to his website at dillonlawgp.com. Well, welcome to Gun Owners Radio. We have a full show for you, but before we start, we need you to support our sponsors. What do I mean by that? Go look at the website and of every one of our sponsors. Even if you don't buy, help us by checking them out. Uh, Mike wasn't uh, Friday the big day for the magazine law decision. The attorney general had until Friday to appeal it, right? What happened? So, yes, we
2: had, uh, of course, uh, a big decision in the magazine ban. Um, It was uh, in our favor. So a panel of three judges said that, yes, banning magazines is unconstitutional. Um, But then uh, they had a a couple the state had a, a few weeks until Friday, actually, August 28th. To figure out what they were going to do, are they going to appeal it? Are they going to request an en banc? Are they mm-hmm. just going to let it stand? And people wonder, well, gee, if it was already if there was already a ruling, you know, why didn't it go into effect immediately? And I kind of tell people uh, the, the analogy I use is it's like when you're playing poker, you know, and you and you lay down a bet. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody on the poker table gets to make a move before it's finalized, right? You don't just flip your cards over immediately or someone doesn't just win automatically, right? Everybody gets to place their bet. You get to go around. You get to raise and call. Or fold. Or fold. Do whatever you want. So it's the same thing in, uh, in court. So, we had until the 28th, which, which Friday? We had until the 28th for the state to decide, well, what are they going to do? Are they going to raise? Or are they going to fold? Or what are they going to do? Well, mm-hmm. what they decided to do was request an en banc. And what that means they is, uh, so there was a, the, the first decision was in our favor, and that was one judge judge saint benitez right and he ruled in our favor and said yep it's unconstitutional then it went to three judges mm-hmm. and two of the three judges agreed and said yes saint benitez is absolutely So that's um, two that, that's two decisions in our favor okay so now they want 11 judges to to <laughs> to view it um they may or may not get an en banc they probably will but they may or may not who makes that decision uh ninth Circuit court they'll they, make the decision whether they want to see it or not or listen can, to it. it. Just put it in front. of They're going to make the decision on whether or not it goes in front of eleven judges. Gotcha. Probably will. There's a there's a slim chance that they'll say no. It'll probably go in front of eleven judges, mm-hmm. and then those eleven judges will make a decision in the majority rules. And then who does it go to? Then the loser gets to uh, decide if they want to appeal it to the Supreme Court. And
1: but there's no guarantee. The Supreme Court will listen to it.
2: There's none of this is guaranteed. Nothing's guaranteed. There's no guaranteed they'll get it on boc. There's no guaranteed it'll go in our favor. There's no guarantee that they'll uh, that they'll even appeal it. There's no guarantee that the Supreme Court. None of this is guaranteed. Right. In fact, we don't even know the timeline on when they're going to decide if they get an on boc. This could take months. It
3: could take years. Really, hey, Michael? Do you know the the process or the procedure for the en banc? Like, is there a is there a chief justice that makes the decision, or is it a group of them that decide we're going to do en banc or we're not going to do it?
2: So it's it, it, it's I believe it's a majority vote. There are twenty nine, I think, judge, justices on the Ninth Circuit, and then they'll actually the eleven judges would be randomly. Picked. okay
3: but, but all of them get the vote on we do want to hear this or we don't want to hear this you know i Is don't I, I, i'm
2: not confident enough to to, <laughs> okay. to give you a, t- a for got sure his law yeah. degree handy but sorry, sorry to sandbag you there. Uh, no not at all but i believe uh, i believe that that they do vote on it in majority rules
1: so okay so friday they didn't make a decision
2: right well friday what?
1: they requested the en banc okay so where does that put the gun owner who wants to buy a magazine excellent question um, in
2: essence, nothing has changed from last week. Nothing has changed from, you know, so, so requesting an on bank hasn't changed anything. Now, what does that mean? That means that you cannot buy uh, normal capacity magazines in California. You cannot have them shipped into the state. Uh, you cannot import them. Um, you cannot receive them from, from somebody. You can own them. You can use them legally. You can take them to the range. You can carry them in your. That's you know, grandfathered
1: <laughs> magazines, magazine that you've had, Every, you've already owned right. prior to all of these decisions.
2: Uh, better put um, magazines that you have legally acquired and are using legally. You can. When was it? When it was supposedly legal to right. do so? Exactly right. Okay. So you can uh, you can't buy them, you can't import them, you can't sell them, okay. uh, you can't take, right.
1: you can't uh, acquire them. So we're in limbo until such time as they figure this out. Essentially, exactly yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But and we did that all without a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm impressed. But a, a
2: big decision. This is a big deal. I know everybody gets frustrated, and 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 they should get frustrated. But what they should get frustrated at. Is that we left this up to the courts? The courts shouldn't be our only solution, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. It, it, and it, it takes a long time. It's a crapshoot. There are no guarantees. Mm-hmm. It's extremely expensive. Um, and if it goes against us, it 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 sets us so far back. One more nail in the coffin. Yeah. So that's what you should be frustrated with, you know. There are a lot. We have a lot of arrows in our quiver.
1: What can consumers do to fight this? Can Cons- they reach out to their politicians?
2: consumers can do a lot of things uh first thing you can do is as a a consumer you can uh, support your local shops um you can uh, you know by making sure that you buy every little every little gun thing you can through a local mom and pop shop you know a shop that you uh where the owner is behind the counter support local shops because uh they're helping to fight this and in effect if you support them then you're supporting their fight Um, You know, voters, you know, make sure that you follow our voter guide. San Diego County gun owners has a voter guide. uh, Make sure that you'll elect people based on their Second Amendment issues. You know, make sure that they know, hey, I am voting for you based on your Second Amendment uh, stances and on Second
3: Amendment issues. Um, And uh, make sure that you know your representatives. Well, and even even farther than that, it's not enough just to vote. It's uh, you really need to get involved, get involved with groups like us, with San Diego County gun owners, $10 um, a month, other
1: groups, $10 a month. Come on.
3: You can't even buy lunch for $10. Yeah. You really need to get out and get out and and help and get involved because the other side is very involved.
2: Yesterday we had another shooting social where we taught, I think it was 18 brand new shooters, people that had never touched a gun before, or maybe, you know, very, very new. Um, And uh, we paired them up with people. Um, I saw people jumping up and down with happiness. It was, it was so successful. Really? So these things that we do, you know, this is when we say get involved. Yes, we need your 10 bucks a month. You know, we're trying to get people elected and money's the, the mother's milk of politics, but there's so much more you can, you can, you can be involved with. You mm-hmm. know, we, we have so many different programs and, right. and like, again, yesterday was a real good example. Our shooting socials helping to support these candidates, you know, getting involved in their campaigns and races. There's so much to be done. But the worst thing you can do is sit back and, and do and, nothing and, and, or just read about a, a uh, you know, a court case. And then complain. And complain. There's absolutely, there's no good. You could read for, you know, all weekend. You could spend all weekend reading about this court case. Nothing will, will result. If you don't do something. Yeah, you have to do something effective,
1: right. so. And everything from a little to a lot. It's just that's totally up to you as to what it is that you want to do.
2: Yep. You're in your time.
1: That's it, boy. That's a, that's a good one. The in your time. I like that. <laughs> I like to remember that. Well, I tell you what, there's a whole lot more. By the way, we've got two hours today. Actually, an hour and 45 minutes. So yeah. That, and next
2: ne- up, John Korea. everybody. Stay around and listen to John Korea mm-hmm. from uh, Active Self-Protection. Wonderful guy. Uh, you know him from YouTube, and we're going to interview him next.
1: I can't wait. Right here on... Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio on FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. All right, what's the best defense for self-defense and those horrible new red flag laws? Firearms Legal Protection. That's right. Firearms Legal Protection is a legal defense program for lawful gun owners with a 24-7 emergency hotline. Let them provide the lawyer for you. Call Firearms Legal Protection today. That's Firearms Legal Protection at FirearmsLegal.com, or you can call them at six one four six nine three one zero ninety one hundred. 9100 That's 469 All right, Mike, you want to introduce our special guest
2: Absolutely. One of my favorites, uh, John Correa with Active Self-Protection has a really, really, really cool uh, YouTube channel where he analyzes um, defensive gun use situations, typically from uh, like security cameras Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing, and then walks you through it and says, hey, here's some of the things that he did right. Here's some of the things he did wrong. Uh, But he is much better at explaining what uh, Active Self-Protection is than I am. So without further ado, John, are you there? I am. Thanks for having me. Hey, man, how's it going? Every day's a
4: holiday, bro. Every meal's a feast. How are you?
1: <laughs> That's a guy after my own heart. Trust me.
2: <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming on. I get it. You're just absolutely my favorite guest. You're my wife's favorite guest. She, I swear, she doesn't. Oh, wow. Yeah, she doesn't listen to anybody else about guns except you. well i
5: mean uh, she don't even listen to us pretty serious
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah she don't even listen to us trust me so that's a big responsibility every once in a while uh we'll be driving around or something like that and she'll say well you know what john said (laughs) and then i get a lecture on what john Korea said uh and it's always good i've told you that 47 times exactly yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) that was an even better idea back when it was my idea
0: right right right
2: (laughs) so tell everybody i kind of you know talked a little bit about what active self-protection does but uh, tell everybody a little bit about active self-protection how you started what you do
4: yeah i mean uh at its core active self-protection is a self-defense and firearms training company based out of phoenix arizona Uh, but what i'm known for if anybody knows me is that uh, i have a large youtube channel i have two actually but the larger one called Active Self-Protection. People send me real-life surveillance videos of uh, defensive encounters, armed robberies, carjackings, muggings, stabbings, home invasions, and I do after-action reports on them. So uh, what I do is walk through the problem. This is what really happened to somebody in real life, in their real world, and here's what happened and how we can get better as self-defenders from it. Sometimes a good person comes out well, and we say, hey, here's all the ways that they did well. And sometimes they don't, and they say, here's some opportunities for improvement so that we don't have a similar negative outcome. So we put a new one up every single day. In addition to that, we do two badge cams a week. So we talk to um, two-fold there to show our um, law enforcement viewers kind of what their world looks like and and keep cops safe on the street. And then on the other hand, show the general public what uh, the mission of law enforcement is and how it's different than a private citizen.
2: And out of all the blogs and videos and you know trainers online, and. Honestly, your content and the things that you produce is by far the most useful information I think I've ever seen. Um, well, it, thank you. I appreciate that very much. We try to be. Yeah. It, and it touches on something um, that people are just not well versed on. And that's, you know, the ethics and the legalities of lethal force. Um, I, I think well, that, and that's and I something mean, you concentrate on that's a, a lot. a big
4: deal. You know, we want people to do things the right way for the right reasons. You know, you... You don't want to defend yourself immorally or illegally and end up in prison for 20 years, um, you know, and, and to see a good person cross the line and become an offender and end up in prison, that just is a negative outcome. So we want people to do the right thing in the right way for the right reasons
3: well you know and john um you know when i do the uh the concealed carry seminars and things when we're talking to people that are new to concealed carry i always recommend your videos and suggest that they uh they sign up for that and look at them because it really is um just some of the best information you can get out there because there's there's so much to learn with the um the concealed carry and doing all that kind of stuff and you know the gun is actually the small part of it all the other stuff is um which you really need to know and 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 your uh, channel is just one of the best places out there for it
4: i really appreciate that i think you know what i tell people for my my serious concealed carriers it's your daily warm-up you know it's your daily i get to stick myself in that situation and how would i handle it and am i ready for that problem and so it's a daily mental warm-up just like we'd say you know you need daily dry fire to to be ready to to use your firearm effectively you need a little daily mental rep and that's where you get it
2: so where did you how many how many videos have you reviewed now well, I've
4: analyzed around 30,000 at this point, and there are about 2,500 between the YouTube channel and uh, the older ones on our Facebook page uh, that are analyzed and available for the public to learn lessons
2: from. So you've anal- you've looked at th- over 30,000 videos of somebody in a situation where they're using a, a, a firearm defensively um, and, and analyzed it from, from beginning to end, and that's produced, you said, about 2,500 videos where you uh, go over, uh, those lessons. Um, when you start, where did you acquire the information? Like where do, how do you know? Like, how do you know, uh, you know, all that, you know, what, what, what kind of training did that require? What, what was your background there?
4: Well, I mean, I'm a training junkie, right? So people ask me all the time kind of where that came from. The funny one is when somebody says, well, John, you know, why are you qualified to do this? Were you ever a cop or were you in the military? And I go, yeah, I was in the military for eight years. And I go, okay, cool. You're qualified. And I go, keep asking questions for gracious sake. <laughs> Cause I was in the U S Navy for eight years and I made hot water the hard way at uncle Sam's canoe club. And <laughs> It didn't prepare me at all for self-defense. Right. So, uh, but I work very hard to be highly qualified at what I do. So, I mean, the company started with me just getting NRA handgun certs and teaching people basic handgun skills, but I've, you know, then worked hard. I mean, if, if you wanted to, to go through the, the laundry list, I'm a range master, master firearms instructor uh, certified by multiple national organizations in handgun use. Uh, I'm one of the first uh, Force Science Institute certified force science analyst who, who is not a sworn officer uh, in the last 15 or 20 years. Uh, I am a Masada U Group Deadly Force Instructor Certified uh, Instructor. I am uh, a Law Self-Defense Verified Instructor Graduate. So I'm also a training junkie. I have around a 1,000 hours of instruction in empty-handed skill, well, in, in armed combat. And then uh, I have a second-degree black belt in a derivative of a campo known as Umas, and I'm also studying jiu-jitsu and those things. So, uh, I mean, I, I'm just a training junkie, and, and over time you just build a body of knowledge. And, and really where kind of my – uniqueness comes in is analyzing those real life incidents. I started doing that just to make my own training more evidence-based so that I would know what are the things I really need to be able to know as a self-defender and uh, being able to say that and to say, well, I mean, gosh, from a private citizen's perspective, there's really nobody, nobody in the U S who has as big a, a database to draw from of this is how real life defensive encounters go before, before we had this, you know, kind of what we put together, um, we had a lot of anecdotes, or we had we had war stories. We had people who would say, "This is, you know, what I've heard," or I had an uncle who. But but now we can say, no, this is what we see again and again and again, and this is what we don't see.
1: You know, the simple answer to that question would have been, I have watched thirty thousand <laughs> videos.
4: Well, but on the other hand, you can watch a bunch of videos, yeah. and if you're not if you're not paying attention and you don't know the things that make right. the differences, then then you don't really get much out of them. Um, if you don 't know what you 're looking for and you don 't know uh, a, I think some of that some of that is the limitations of sure. videos. Some people watch a video and they think it shows them everything and quite frankly it doesn uh, 't and you know if you don 't understand the limitations and how it works and what it can show us and what it can 't so uh you know there 's a little bit more to it than that I was
1: just but, uh, giving you a hard time
2: well and I wanted to ask <laughs> I wanted to ask that question because I know you know the the uh the lessons learned you know in the videos that you present. Are are outstanding and they're extremely level-headed and they're they're very consistent, um, and they're uh, you know based in fact and based in law, and it cracks me up because every now and then when I'm on on your YouTube channel and I'm watching a video, I look down in the comments section, um, oh boy. <laughs> which is just ridiculous, you know. And and every once in a while, there's somebody on there who's arguing with you or or uh, I'm trying to, anyway. you. and I'm just like, wow, who who must this guy be, you know? You know who that guy is, (laughs) but uh, you know.
4: I always say too that just because someone's an expert doesn't mean they're always right. You know, uh, experts make mistakes too, and and Lord knows that I've disagreed with myself on occasion. But you know, I mean, by and large, I always say when when you're looking at someone's opinion, ask if it's a qualified opinion.
2: Well, that's that's a humble thing to say.
4: There's a lot of things that I don't have a qualified opinion on. Doesn't mean I don't have an opinion. It's just not a qualified opinion.
2: Right. So, what do you think? Uh, w- w- every gun owner out there, and, and maybe uh, even more specifically, every CCW holder, everybody that carries concealed legally, um, you know, what's what's your biggest piece of advice for them? What are they? What's 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 something that most of them are doing incorrectly, or or should be doing more of? You know, what's what's your biggest uh, uh, piece of advice?
4: You know, the biggest thing that I have to tell people everywhere, all the time, when they carry a firearm is to, to live a lifestyle of de-escalation, escape, and avoidance. That, that the number one thing, if you carry a firearm on your person, is you have to remember that you bring with you the capacity to do deadly force. And, and because of that, you must live with a concept in your soul that says, I will avoid a fight if at all possible. Now, I, I'm ready for one if it comes, but I want to do anything I can to de-escalate a conflict, to escape, to to just not have the fight because every fight that I avoid is a fight that I've won.
2: Now, do you feel? I think that's excellent advice, and it's definitely something that uh, has resonated with me. I've had a CCW for two years now, and it has uh, it, it it is life changing. And I, I don't mean that uh, I don't say that lightly. Um, you really do start to think of situations that you're in very very differently. Um totally agree with that advice and I think it's 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 awesome and and uh, people should really think about that and and let it sink in. But what do you do you think CCW holders are are making that mistake too often or you know do you, what's give us a grade on on CCW? I, holders. Know, I
4: really think more of that online internet warriors who you know want to talk a big game and people talk a big game in a lot of ways and then in real life they'd never do that thing. But you know I think right now on social especially you're seeing a lot of people kind of you know, well, I, you know, if somebody did that to me, then they would have a bad day because I'd shoot them nine times. And I go, really, man? I mean, you really don't want to live that kind of way. And do I see people that make mistakes? Yeah, I do. I see people that they, they, you know, uh, they misunderstand what it means to um, to use a firearm. Now, of course, we use a firearm only as a tool last, of last resort because the consequences of not using it are so grave that we can't live with them. In other words, I'm going to be in the hospital or or die or my loved one is going to be in the hospital or die. Um, And that consequence is so grave. I can't live with that. So I have to use my firearm here because to otherwise use it, it's going to change your life forever to use a firearm.
2: And, right. and it could, you, you could truly lose everything. You could lose your family, your job, your everything. savings account, your freedom. You could lose everything but your life. That's right. OK, so we're going to have you over into the next segment, John. Um, but uh, I just wanted to prepare everybody. We, we've got another 30 seconds here. When we get into the next segment, we're going to talk about uh, an extremely controversial uh, subject uh, r- this week. And that's what went on in Kenosha. Uh, um, and wonder if you going to do that. Oh, absolutely! We're going to talk about the video that we have seen. We're going to talk about uh, John's take on everything. I want to. There's some very specific questions I want to ask, and we're probably going to spend the entire next segment talking about Kenosha. And let's because, break it down because it's that big a deal. But I want everybody going in to know, hey, you know what? We don't have all the facts. We're going to do our very best to talk about what we think we know now. And uh, John's going to lead us through that discussion, and uh, he's going to do a fantastic job. So stick with us, John, and uh, stick with us, listeners. And we're going to come back and and talk about what happened in Kenosha.
1: All right, folks. This is Gun Owners Radio on FM 961 AM 1170. The
0: Answer. There's more Gun Owners Radio with Dave, Joe, and Michael to come on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, educating you on your Second Amendment right. Now, here are your hosts of Gun Owners Radio, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego.
1: All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio. This is FM 961, AM 1170, The Answer. All right, California assault weapon laws make it almost impossible to own an AR-pattern rifle today. What's the solution? Cali Key cali key converts any mil spec direct impingement ar pattern rifle into a straight full bolt action uh, rifle so it can have all the features without being considered an assault weapon it's a true drop-in solution no milling no aesthetic modifications and no turning off your gas system keep your entire ar collection intact at a price you can afford with cali key Check out Cali Key at CaliKey.com. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. All right. Well, we've got our very special guest on the line, John Korea from Active Self-Protection. And, Michael, it's all yours. Let's do it. So, John,
2: uh, I uh, asked you earlier if we could talk about what happened in Kenosha, Wisconsin this week, specifically with uh, uh, the 17-year-old kid, Kyle, who was uh, in the middle of a riot with an AR-15 and a medical bag, um, you know, his his in an interview uh, just before the incident that everybody's seen, most people have seen anyway, he said that he was there to protect some property and help people um, medically, which we actually saw some evidence that uh, he was there to help anybody, rioters or whoever, uh, you know, uh, Patch things up. Uh, He he apparently has had some medical training, some kind of first aid or or first responder training. Um, So it wasn't, he he didn't just have some band-aids. It sounded like he did kind of know what he was doing, even though he was 17 years old. And he stated that he had his AR-15 because he was going to help people, um, even if it meant putting himself into harm's way. And that was his way to protect himself. Now, before before we even talk, there's a lot of different levels to talk about, um, but I, I, I think that most people agree, and I think John and I agree, correct me if I'm wrong, John, there never should have been a 17-year-old kid there with an AR-15 in the middle of a riot. Period. You know, Full I, stop. Yeah,
4: I, th- I think that, I, I tell people all the time, there's a difference between something being criminal and it being moral. So there's things that are immoral that are not criminal and vice versa. And there's also a difference between things being moral and being wise. And I I think that this falls into one of the unwise decisions. It's not, it wasn't criminal. It doesn't look like, I don't know. We're still in some kind of a discussion about the AR and whether he was legal to possess it at 17 in Wisconsin. But at the very least saying, Hey, I'm going to go in here into a place that I know I need to have my AR 15 in order to, um, defend my life, and I'm going to voluntarily go in there when I don't have to, it, it, it wasn't a wise decision. Now, do I expect 17-year-olds to always make wise decisions? No, uh, that's part of being 17. But, but, boy, I wish that somebody would step in there and said, hey, man, that's really unwise, and I honor your heart to want to help but let's stay out of places where we're really pretty sure we're going to need an AR to protect ourselves.
2: And we don't know the circumstances you know, with him and his you know, parents. We don't know. We've, I've heard a lot of things, but we don't know. So, we're not going to comment on that. We're not going to get real deep into it. But I, I think most people would agree a 17-year-old with an AR-15 should not be in a riot. I think going going a step further, John, I think that most people agree and and maybe fewer people agree that nobody should be at a riot you know if you're going to a protest fine but the second it turns into a riot get out of there you know that that, you know if if you're at a protest it turns into a riot uh i think that you're you're then um you you know and you stay around i think you're partially to blame for anything bad that happens because bad things happen at a riot but i don't know what what are your thoughts on on being in a riot in general
4: I know, you know, and I know several friends in the gun rights world that are like, well, you know, John, uh, they, they throw out the quote that the only thing that is required for evil men to prevail is for good men to do nothing. And and I get that. But let's think through what the best case scenario was. He heard that there was a, a business, a, a car dealership that had been badly damaged, and he had sent out a call for help for people to protect his business. Okay, fine. Um, I think there's some honor there in saying, well, I want to help a good person to protect their stuff. But... If the guy's stuff is protected and nothing bad happens, okay, fine. Then, then what did you get out of that? You get the feeling that you did something good. But how many ways can that go bad? And, and this went bad, uh, and, and Rittenhouse said that he went because that dealer put out that, that call for help. Now, is that man going to help him now with the aftermath? I really doubt it. Uh, he's going to disavow everything that he did, and he's on his own.
2: Now, there's so a big... There's a big part of me though that that uh, that totally, you know, agrees with people who say, "Hey, we got to do something." You know, there Joe and I were talking about it, and you know, the idea that there are protests that are really little more than, uh, you know, uh, violent riots. I mean, that that really has appeared to be um, the, the purpose of some of these protests. They may have started off to be protests at the beginning, but now people you're seeing people show up with, you know, uh, baseball bats. And, I mean, you know, purposely uh, trying to be de- coming prepared to fight. Prepared to fight, prepared to destroy things. I think there's probably something to be said— about uh, hey you know what i'm a uh, i'm an adult i you know i have I, you know I, I have the ability i'm going to go down and and help that person but like you said john th- you got there's some serious consequences, there are potential serious consequences and you got to be able to handle those serious consequences. And again, I, we, we go back to this seventeen-year-old kid. He's a seventeen-year-old kid. A seventeen-year-old kid can't handle the serious consequences Mm-mm. of what could happen at a violent riot. I'm not sure how many people over the eighteen can handle the serious consequences right. of what might happen at a, at a violent riot. And and so but, it, it, yeah. it's at least at least extremely controversial.
4: Well, to me, I think there's a big difference. We have a pattern for this already. You know, in the 92 Rodney King riots in L.A., we had a a number of of people in the Korean-American community Mm. who, um, you know, there's a meme in the gun world about rooftop Koreans, you know, that that guarded their property. But there's the key there. The word there that's the key is there. They guarded their businesses. They guarded their places of employment. And this is my place. And many of those people lived above their, their shops. And so they had nowhere to retreat to. Whereas uh, I think what we're seeing today is we're seeing people travel in. And, and just like my friends who are not about the protests and not about the, you know, that side of things are angry when they see people busing in protesters or, and, of course, rioters mm-hmm. from other towns. Well, then why are we busing in people from other places? If those folks feel like, hey, I have to protect my property and I'm going to be on my property with my guns, i I think there's a moral thing there when you say no i'm gonna i'm gonna go drive somewhere else um to someone else who I don't know it's not my loved one and to protect their property and be ready for a a protracted gunfight i I think that we have left the realm of smart we oh. we definitely gone to
2: foolish so we've we talked about the fact that it was arrived. Right. talked about the fact that the kid was underage and there, there's some other things that i think a lot of people would would probably you know put a lot of a lot of conditions on on the rest of the discussion but let's get to the actual uh uh defensive part of the discussion so um the 17 year old kid ended up shooting three people two of them uh, uh died um the first and second person died the third person was severely injured he was actually attacked by five people total um, two of the people that attacked him physically, um, he didn't shoot. Um, so let's, let's just kind of start at the, at the beginning. The, the first person the video showed, again, correct me if I'm wrong, John, the video showed him running away from from a guy with a red shirt wrapped around his head. There's video of that guy in the red shirt uh, acting extremely aggressively before this happened. He's chasing him. He threw something at, at the kid. The kid kind of runs around a car, and then when, when he, uh, at, at some point... Um, uh the kid with the rifle shoots the guy that was w- that was attacking him. is that an accurate portrayal of, of what we th- what we're pretty sure happened?
4: yeah and there's a couple of cell phone videos but of course they're grainy because it's dark and and we have you know differing ideas of uh, at one point the guy with the red shirt threw something at him and some folks initially said it was a Molotov cocktail. we're pretty sure now it wasn't um but uh, you know all that lead up and and everything about that, Yeah, at some point he shot him, and there's some discussion about was that justified.
2: Uh, Do you you know enough, have you seen enough to make a decision on whether or not it was justified?
4: I I don't think I have. I mean, generally speaking, I want to give every benefit of the doubt to the one who is retreating, which it looked like Rittenhouse was retreating in that moment, and that seems to be a reasonable thing to do. So he's retreating away from a guy, clearly doesn't want to fight that guy, um, that seems like a reasonable thing to do, but but the question we don't know and we can't know right now is why did he shoot? Um, now his defense attorney has said, well this guy he felt like he was lunging for his rifle. Um, then of course the question becomes, was it reasonable at the distance that he shot him that he could have lunged into take control of his rifle? Because of course, you know uh, if he gets into control distance now we're fighting over the rifle and he could easily kill me with it. But, but it, we don't have
2: enough details to know that And it's fair, to, I think you bring up a good point it's, it's it's fair to say that if If you, if you get Shot while chasing someone The fact that you're chasing someone, you've, you've Lost some moral high ground there, you're, you're probably That piece of it, you're going to get heavily Questioned on, 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 hey look You know, uh, you were chasing this person You know, what was your intention, I mean he wasn't going to Run up and tickle him, you know there was right. there,
4: Well, And you could say, so we don't We will never know why he was chasing him Because of course he died, right. and So we don't know now what we do know of course now we're not talking about a court of law at this point because character doesn't matter in a court of law in a large sense that's the federal rules of evidence 404 but uh we know that that rittenhouse was a police explorer that he was there you know doing anti-graffiti work and that he seemed to be a good sane sober moral young man so so we want to kind of give the tie go to the runner there for sure and But again, from a perception perspective, we don't know exactly what he perceived in the moment. And we don't know what the perception of the other guy was, although there are some videos of him being pretty darn aggressive and pretty ugly before that. And so, um, you know, I want to say my heart hopes that that was truly a justified homicide. And if it was, well, then that makes a lot of sense about a lot of things, and I really hope it was.
2: So after that happened, the, the 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 kid was seen. You know, he made a phone call. He he fled the scene, and but then he was he was next seen on video about two or three blocks away, um, and he was being chased. And I, I honestly think it's reasonable. I um, mean, you heard some people say, "Hey, get him! He shot somebody." I truly believe that the mob that was following this kid, that was chasing this kid, um, I believe that they believed they were trying to stop an active shooter who was doing something illegal. I think, th- th- I don't know that for a fact, but it seems like that was going on. He was tripped by somebody and fell to the ground. He didn't shoot that guy. He was kicked in the face. while he was on the ground. He didn't shoot that guy, but then uh, a third person started beating him with a skateboard, and he did shoot that guy. Now, in a in a uh, vacuum, um, that appeared to be truly a a, a you know a, a clean defensive legal shot. Is that what's your take on that, John?
4: Yeah, for sure. I think that, that obviously at that point he's trying to evade, even if his first attack was not justified. Even if we say at the end that, no, that first one was no good. Um, a felon who is fleeing at some point recovers their innocence if their intent is to remove themselves from that. And and so not innocence from the crime, but in other words, they're not a freshly fleeing felon. So he, he definitely was trying to get out of there and then was knocked to the ground. Somebody hitting you over the head with a skateboard, that's clearly apt to cause great bodily harm or even death. And so that's clearly a, a reasonable use of deadly force in that moment. Um, the guy who ran up to him and um, pointed a gun at him, I, I mean, clearly in that moment, is it reasonable that Rittenhouse said, well, wow, that guy is coming on, up on me and he has a Glock in his right hand and I need to stop him. Yes, that's the guy who he shot him in the arm shot his bicep off. And so, uh, I mean, those two are pretty uh, much clearer cases where you say, okay, somebody who's running away, now, now when you said on the other side, is it reasonable that the mob, that these people could have perceived, wait a minute, that guy killed somebody, we need to stop him and think they were doing the right thing. The answer to that is also yes, they could have perceived that, but that mistake can be pretty significant. It doesn't remove his ability to protect himself.
2: You don't necessarily, you don't get to murder a murderer necessarily. um, You know? um, And so, you know, the other thing, by the way, real quick, and then we actually got to go, we're over time, but this is fascinating. I love talking to you, John, but the, the, the third person, the guy with the Glock, I don't know if you noticed this, but he paused and then the kid paused and then he, uh, the guy with the Glock started to attack again and that's when he actually shot him, and and you know defended himself. And I don't know. Yeah, there was a pause there. I, I don't know if it was a legit pause or what, but it really truly appears that this guy, uh, the 17 year old kid, uh, saw okay, he's he's pausing, he's stopping, he's not a threat, and then did, chose not to shoot him until he again became a threat, which was you know coming basically attacking him. I, was that your take too, or, or am I you know am I seeing something yeah, that wasn't there? Or?
4: I think that certainly seems reasonable to me that that I mean, it feels like he paused. He didn't just shoot the guy as soon as he saw him. He did pause and what, and it was only when he continued to it to, you know, move forward that he actually shot him. So, you know, I, and of course, in a criminal sense, the district attorney has to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he wasn't uh, justified to do what he did, that what he did was criminal, that that's on the prosecution to prove that beyond a reasonable doubt. I think he's going to have a heck of a hard time doing that on any of them. So, so, I mean, I think from a criminal perspective, It's going to be very expensive and very time-consuming and very very difficult emotionally for him, but I don't think he'll be convicted of significant criminal charges, but the civil case could be very different.
2: I think you're right. John Korea from Active Self-Protection. Active Self-Protection will be out here in San Diego next March for a very special event for our listeners with special pricing for San Diego County Gun Owners members. Stay tuned for more details. Thank you so much, John. Check out Active Self-Protection online and on YouTube.
1: Thanks, John. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. This is Gun Owners Radio FM 96. One AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio This is FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, this segment is sponsored by the Gun Range San Diego, the best shop and range in town, hands down. Are you a new gun owner, an experienced gun owner, or somewhere in between? Check out the Gun Range San Diego on Balboa. Great customer service, fantastic staff, all the latest inventory, and they are so nice. I call them the Nordstrom's of Gun Ranges just not the Nordstrom price all about service open Sunday through Thursday 10 to 7 10 to ten on Friday and Saturday so give them a call at 858-573-1911 or go to diego.com all right who we got now on the line. On the line, we have Joe
2: Green. Joe Green is a San Diego County gun owner's endorsed candidate for city council in Vista. Mm. He is my favorite guy on the Vista City Council, which will probably make a lot of people go, what? What about Amanda? Well, she's not a guy. So he's my favorite guy on the <laughs> Vista City Council. Joe, are you there?
6: Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah. How you doing, man? i'm doing real good thanks so much for having me
2: well thank you so much so uh san diego county gun owner is proud to endorse you for your re-election for city council and vista how is the election going
6: uh so far so good i mean you know the big labor day push is coming up so we got some canvassing going on uh the weekend of uh september 5th and kind of that whole week we're going to be hitting my district uh fundraising's been going good we got signs out and all uh private property know that your uh, first amendment right allows you to have a sign in your front yard don't let them tell you different so uh you know painting the town green trying to get a little buzz out there and <laughs> the endorsements are rolling in which is good for the campaign
2: nice so what uh so you, how long have you been on the city council now
6: I was elected in 2016 to
2: city council. Nice. And what's your uh, what's what's the one thing you've done on city council that you're most proud of? I-
6: the biggest thing is just improving communication. You know, um, initially before I was elected, I served my community as a parent volunteer in several different capacities, actually PTA president of a couple schools in the entire district. And the city council initially was just a little out of touch with the community, not really showing up to events and things. And I think since I've got on the council, we've improved our social media presence, improved our response time. There's a, an app, actually, that Amanda, who you spoke of uh, on the intro, uh, helps with called the Connect Vista Access Vista app. And, uh, you know, really just getting more community input in the governing process, which I think allows us to, uh, you know, keep away from the community being outraged when things happen because we keep them informed of what's going on. So it's been real positive.
2: Well, I think the last, what, five, six months have probably been the most interesting uh, political months, uh, you know, since like uh, the Civil War. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it, and I, I'm almost not kidding about that. It's probably, uh, you know, this COVID-19 thing and all the restrictions have been, uh, the biggest event to happen in my lifetime when it comes to politics and, and, uh, economics and, uh, you know, public health. I mean, it's an enormous thing. Um, you know, talk to us, what, what, you know, what, give us a little bit of your impressions of being a city council member in Vista during COVID-19.
6: Yeah, it's been a lot, man. Um, you know, socially and economically, as you know, there's just a ton going on. So, you know, initially we had to prepare for the economic hit of not receiving the tax, uh, you know, revenue that we were going to receive and, you know, what type of employees are essentials, who's going to be coming back to work, who's not going to be coming back to work. So, you know, as elected officials going over, you know, 52 different budgets, a lot of different tough calls to make um, and finding out where the money's going to come from to keep the city rolling. So, you know, initially from a council perspective, it was a numbers thing. And, and uh, now it's more of a, you know, social issue where we're trying to just make sure the community knows that we see what's going on socially across the country and that uh, your city council here is to support you and make sure that you feel safe in our communities. And, uh, you know, we're we're here to listen. We're here to talk and uh, here to do all we can to keep our community safe. And, uh, you know, just, just let them know that we have a lot of resources here in Vista, uh, regardless of what you're going through, that uh, we can plug you into. So, it, it's actually been you know as far as the last four years goes this last you know six months have probably been the busiest you know people are staying home they're they're online they're getting more information and they're calling they're emailing they're texting and uh, really looking for their elected officials to step up and be be present and be a part of this and um, but something something I try really hard to do is, is be there in the situation in the moment with my community so uh, it, it's been been a lot of work but it's been great
2: <laughs> well I don't think a lot of people know this but back when we Sandy, county gun owners were trying to get CCWs issued in in uh, San Diego County um, you and I you were very supportive of the idea of issuing CCWs um, you you took the subject very seriously um, you you know researched it uh, spoke to you know some of your trusted advisors and and uh, were more than happy to meet with me and talk with me about it um, there was even some discussion of the possibility of Vista um, figuring out a way to issue if, if the county sheriff wouldn't uh, fortunately, the county sheriff did change his policies, and uh, now we've gone from about 1,100 CCWs to over 4,200 CCWs in just Ooh. about three years. Um, so, how do you think that's going? And, and you know, are, 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 tell us what your thoughts are on the change of policy
6: you know, I think the change of policy is great. I mean, we sat down in 2016 when I got elected and you voiced your frustrations. And I think the organization was, uh, you know, a little a little newer at the time, too. But um, over the last four years, the changes have been amazing, especially with all the laws that we have in California to kind of have San Diego be a beacon of light in the CCW world. I think it's a big deal. You know, as elected officials, we take an oath of office to defend the Constitution, and your Second Amendment right is that uh, Constitution, that document that we swear to protect. So w- when they start infringing on your rights, that you know clearly it says they shall not be infringed upon, which I think California has infringed upon them more than any other state in the union. Um, I want to make sure that as an elected official, that I'm there to. Basically, do my job. I mean, that's the pledge that I take when I'm elected. So I was proud to stand next to you guys. I mean, been married for 22 years. I got four kids, and uh, you know, when it comes to uh, you know where we live in America and the uh, rights uh, the Constitution gives us, uh, it's a big thing to protect them and fight for them. So I always got your back, San Diego County gun owners. You can you can guarantee so, that.
2: So Joe started laughing when you said that uh, elected officials take an oath to defend the Constitution. Uh, he couldn't whoa, contain whoa, himself. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Joe Jamieson. No, no, not, not Joe Green. Joe here in the studio started laughing yeah and i'm
3: saying that may not be true for you joe but it's true for many many of your colleagues it's a shame
6: uh, well i'll tell you what man that that's uh it's an oath i don't take lightly i know the document i know what i swear to do i know what i swear to protect and uh you know when those two uh, contradict each other i go with the one that was uh you know Written uh, September twenty fifth, seventeen uh, eighty nine. Ratified December fifteenth, seventeen ninety one. My friend so that's that's a, the document that supersedes them, in my opinion. <laughs>
2: well, Joe, how can people find you and help you?
6: Oh man, uh, Joe Green twenty twenty Super easy, Joe Green twenty twenty You can go on my website. You can donate there. You can hear what I'm about. um You can always contact me too. Joe Green at cityavista.com dot uh, Any questions? Any of my community members have for me, but. uh more than anything, just appreciate the support. Appreciate all that you guys are doing um, for the gun owners community. And if there's ever anything I can do to be an advocate for you or my city can do, know that we're uh, we're here and we're available, okay?
1: Thanks, Joe. All right, buddy. You're the best. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. But don't go anywhere. we still got another hour in the box. This is FM 961, AM 1170. The answer.
0: Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Owners Radio with your hosts Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor of the show. Time to get involved and get active. Together, we will win. Now here's Dave, Joe, and Michael on The Answer San Diego. All
1: right, folks, welcome back. This is Gun Owners Radio on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, well, self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone. And unfortunately, the justice system just may not be on your side. While you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend you 24-7, 365 days a year. With comprehensive self-defense coverage at an affordable price. Bad guys don't take days off, and neither does U.S. Law Shield. Get a plan from U.S. Law Shield. Check them out today at uslawshield.com. All right, we got Joe Germisi, our gear guy, in the house, and he's going to review his second scope from the good folks at Blackhound. This is a 4x14, 44-mil rifle scope. You want to introduce your your two
3: partners i sure will so we had so much fun last week uh looking at the one by eight scope that the uh great people at blackhound uh gave to us to take a look at uh we thought we'd do it again this week with a uh different uh one of their scopes a four by four 14 by 44 mil scope and uh we've got um we've got rick nair and uh, jim peterson from blackhound here with us so you guys there
1: we are. sure. you us on. All right. So and by, back, the w- guys. and by the way, he listened to you guys because he didn't bring the gun. He brought the box.
3: <laughs> that's right. So for this scope, we'll start right from the box. We'll do kind of a little unboxing thing. Um, <laughs> talk about all the stuff that's in there, point some great stuff out here, and then uh, we'll go into uh, probably the second half. We'll talk about what we found out at the range.
1: We need a drum roll or something.
3: So um, open the box. for people that can see this anyway, great box here so um pull this open and um you can see uh the great thing about this too one of the great things a number of great things here um but one of the great things is you get everything you need um to uh put the scope on basically and go with it so um i'll show you the other stuff first got a little cleaning um tool here uh you get a sun a sun shield with it as well and uh we have a zero adjust kit here which we'll talk about or a zero stop kit you get the um, the rings, which we'll pull out of here. So you have the mounting rings uh, that come with this. And um, this is a good deal, too, because uh, a lot of times, um, you know, you don't get that kind of stuff with the scope. And uh, the price is really great on the. I mean, this is a tremendous value for this uh, when you see this scope. And it's a $299 scope. Wow. Uh, you get the rings and you get, um, we have two little uh, levels as well that come with it. So you got everything you need to install it. So now that we talked about all that stuff. Um, we'll pull the scope out of here, and um, really, really nice scope. And like I said, the value for this thing is just uh, is just tremendous. Just
1: and you know that scope. box, you could actually store that if you didn't, for whatever reason, if you took it off your yeah, rifle. I think lots
3: of people like the box, isn't that true, uh, Jim? You say that?
5: <laughs> oh yeah, it, it's almost like you know when you buy an iPhone, you know you you, you keep that box around for you know years. Why but do you, you we do them?
1: that? Why do we? I found I found three of them the other day. Why do we do that? <laughs>
5: I think, you know, there, there's a sense of quality to it, you know, that you just, you, you kind of feel bad for a little bit <laughs> <way. laughs>
7: Okay, so if we... Um, box is better than the iPhone box.
3: Yeah, without a <laughs> doubt, without a doubt. So if you take a look, um, here's the scope, and, uh, you know, you've got the two end caps here to protect the lenses. So it's a, uh, a 4x14 scope. It's got a 44-millimeter objective lens up in the front. Um, you can see the controls here, and um, we have the elevation control on the top. Um, or you've got the windage, um, or elevation control on the top, I'm sorry, the mill uh, windage on the side. And these things are in uh, mill ratings. If uh, you guys listened last week, the scope we looked at last week was an MOA scale, scope. Um, this is a mill rad scope. And Jim or uh, Rick, you guys want to jump in and just um, maybe explain the difference why you went with that on this scope?
7: Yeah, so, so we offer our higher magnification scopes in both MOA and mill. And um, it, it honestly really boils down to personal preference. It's just two different ways to measure the exact same thing. Um, one MOA is approximately 1.047 inches at 100 yards, and one mil is 3.6 inches at 100 yards. So it you're measuring the same thing. It's just a little bit different way to go about it. Um, if you're a new shooter and you haven't had any experience with either, it honestly really doesn't matter. Um, it's it, it's totally just a personal preference.
3: Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of guys too, being uh, being in America here, we're more familiar with the uh, the MOA type system. You know where you've got one MOA is one inch of movement basically at 100 yards. What's MOA stand for? It's a moment of angle or minute of angle.
7: M- it's- minute of angle. Yeah.
3: And um, with the mill system, uh, what is it? The uh, the mill system splits that up at what? It's one mill is one one thousandth of the distance. Is that how that goes?
7: So one mill equals three point six inches at hundred yards. So if you go to a thousand yards, that's thirty six inches.
3: Right, it's so going to be yeah, yeah. it's going to be different. So it's always going to be one one thousandth.
7: One tenth uh, on the adjustments, and then typically one quarter, or ours are one. Half MOA on the MOA version, so you're yeah. basically doing the same thing, just a little bit different way of uh, measuring
3: it. Yeah, I think people here in this country are used to doing the math in their head, maybe a little bit, and it's uh, easier for them with the English system. But um, beautiful adjustments, though. And um, so we had that. So we had the windage, the elevation adjustment. Um, the other neat thing on this scope too is a parallax adjustment, which is here on the um, on the left side, and um, You know, if you guys wanted to talk a little bit about that and what that is and why you have that on the scope.
5: Yeah,
7: so the parallax um, allows you to adjust for different distances. Uh, Ours goes from as low as 10 yards to infinity. So a lot of scopes um, only adjust down to about 25 yards. Our scope, you can adjust all the way down to 10, and you can actually get a, a good focus at a pretty high magnification on that scope even less than 10 yards so it just it gives you the ability to get a higher magnification and a clear view of your target um based on the distance yeah
3: and what that what that does practically too is it puts the um it puts the reticle right on the target so you adjust that parallel or that parallax so that um for different distances if um you uh, you move your eye around on the scope, the uh, the reticle stays right on the target. It doesn't move around with your head. Is that right? I know that's right, but I. <laughs> yeah. That but that's, is, that's but uh that's, but that's the idea yeah. with it, and um I know when we were at the range on uh, Wednesday shooting this um you know there were a number of um of older guys there that are big rifle guys and they thought that was a really uh great feature on this scope um they were saying this was um you know for this kind of scope uh they were talking about using it on uh, like a 22 precision rifle. Because they're saying a lot of guys that do the precision rifle shooting will tend to practice with the, uh, the smaller calibers, the 22s, And, um, you know, dialing the thing out to 200 yards or 300 yards on that, the scope would be ideal for that. And, uh, you know, they, t- they thought that uh, that parallax feature was a really good feature on here.
1: So what you're saying is you could have sold about six of them while you're
3: out there. I think I could have. Was it, uh, Rick, were you the one that was saying you had this on your Ruger? Is that right?
7: Yeah, I have it on a Ruger Precision 22. And, uh, yeah, it, it, 14 power is obviously a little bit overscoped for a 22 caliber rifle. Right. But it is, it is very nice, uh, very nice on that rifle.
3: Hmm. Interesting. And, um. Yeah, and again, so on here on the parallax side, there was also uh, an illumination on this end as well. And, um, you know, the just like the other scope that we looked at here last week, I mean, this uh, the scope works really well. It um, it functioned really well. We put it on an AR, uh, this time a different AR than we did last time. Um, but it shot really well. It's really easy to use. Um, and the, uh, the reticle is just beautiful in there. It's just really easy to see. Uh, the illumination works great on it. Uh, just really, overall, uh, uh, just a nice scope, just a fun scope.
1: Hey, I've got a Ruger 1022. There you go. I bet it'll <laughs> fit. What do you think?
3: We, we, we might have somebody to hook you
1: up. I think so. Yeah, what's that guy's called? Is it dog something or other? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> we know a guy. Yeah, I know a guy. I know a guy. All right. Hey, we're going to take a break. You guys are going to hang here with us because when we come back, I have no idea what Joe's going to talk about, but he oh, does. Oh, I got more stuff. He's got tons. <laughs> All right, folks, don't you touch that dial. This is Gun Owners Radio on FM 96.1 AM 1170.
0: The Answer. That's more Gun Owners Radio with Dave, Joe, and Michael to come on The Answer San Diego.
1: All right, folks welcome back to gun owners radio fm 961, am 1170 the answer all right folks let me change my page here a hey, prmi mortgage PRMIRes.com res.com backslash alpine to be exact home mortgage interest rates have dropped and if you are looking to buy or refi or if you're considering a reverse mortgage you need to call our local mortgage guy that you can truly trust that's Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. Give Chris a call at 619-722-1303 or just go to primeres.com backslash
3: Alpine. All right, we're back with our guests from Blackhound. Take it away, Joe. Okay, so... Um what we did on Wednesday, we took the uh, we took the scope out to the range. Wait, which scope is it again? And it's the uh, the Blackhound 4 x 14 x 44 mil type scope. So that's what we have here. And um, took it out to the range and uh, mounted it on an AR-style rifle and uh, shot it for a while. And like I was saying, it was uh, just fantastic. It just works really well. uh, Were there any negatives? Was there
1: anything about this scope that you would like to tell these two guys maybe you ought to take a look at fixing?
3: Yeah, there were a couple of things that we found like that. Again, uh, not a big deal, but um, one of the things is uh, I showed you a little bit earlier when we unboxed this. um, You have the zero stop kit. Mm -hmm. And what this is um, on scopes, um, what you can do is you adjust the elevation range for different ranges. And say you zero this in at 100 yards. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, what you can do is you can install the zero stop kit. It's a little ring, and uh, you take off the cap here and um, take the cap off. There's a screw inside. You put the ring in, you screw it back down. And what it'll do is uh, it'll lock it in at that zero at 100 yards. Then, if you dial the scope out and you're shooting at 300 yards, 500 yards, you can dial it back down and it will stop exactly at that zero at 100 yards. So you can come back to the zero, oh, basically. Okay. And, um, what we found was um, this: it worked well. It was easy to to uh, put in there. We found it was a little bit um, kind of mushy when you when you came all the way back to the zero. It wasn't a hard stop click. You know, it didn't it didn't stop solidly. It kind of moved a little bit past. So, did you guys want to talk about that a little bit, Jim? Because I know um, Jim and Rick, we talked about it yesterday.
7: So um, yeah. yeah, so we we um, we uh, kind of looked at those a little bit and what we found is the the set screws that come on that disc sometimes when they come out of the factory they're actually protruding into the diameter of the disc so if you screw that down you may not actually be able to screw it all the way down because of that and then if you tighten the screws you've still got a little bit of play so, And that's one thing, as we revise our, our operator's manual, we're going to put in there to make sure that those screws are backed off.
3: Uh, okay, great.
7: And you can actually bottom that disc out, and then tighten them, and then you're good to go. So we, we played around with a couple of scopes um, just to kind of double check that, and once you do that, once it's, once it's completely bottomed out, you're good to go. You can dial it up, dial it right back, it stops right at zero,
5: you're set and and i I will mention too joe that the scope that you have uh is one of our samples you know that uh Rick had on hand uh-huh i went I went through this afternoon I went through about a half a dozen of mine that I have here. I keep a supply at the house for some strange reason but, uh, <laughs> so i the only one that I had a little bit of a little bit of trouble with that was uh, an open box sample. Uh, so, it, it could very well have been, you know, that disc that you had, it, it, we've had it on and off a couple times, whatever, and the screws might have drug a little bit. Gotcha. Um But if anybody has uh, any trouble with that, you know, in the future, you know, we we have that ironclad guarantee, you know, we'll take care of anything we need to make it right.
1: Yeah. And that's so good because you could have made 12 excuses. Joe didn't know what he was doing. You know, he was was going to throw that one in. Yeah. But I'm just saying, (laughs) and that's why we had you on the show is because not only do you stand behind your product with one of the best warranties out there. And trust me, guys, if that's all Joe could find job well done.
3: Yeah. Well, and like I said, it was uh, it was just a great scope. We had that that minor thing. The other minor thing that we ran into is um, we mounted the scope on like a like we were saying an AR pl- type platform, and the uh, the mounting rings were a little bit short for the AR. Uh, we had to pull off the um, the rear iron sight uh, on the AR to get the scope on. And uh, again, there's different heights for these things. And I think uh, when I was talking to you guys, you actually offer an option with a higher um, mounting thing. Was that right?
5: Yeah, yeah, we, we uh, the the scope you had last week that one to eight uh, had that one piece cantilever mount.
3: Right, right. Um, we
5: we make those also for that chassis on the four to fourteen. So uh, that that if you're putting it on an AR, that's typically the type of mount most people would use, and uh, you can just request that when you go to place your order. Just put it in the notes, and and we can include that mount instead. And and the other thing also is uh you know we we put the rings or the mounts in there—they're they're, complementary. You know, for eighty-five, ninety percent of our customers, they do the job. You know, so it's—it's uh, it's, you know, we—if we, we start offering like a million different options, oh, yeah. it's yeah, gonna, it's yeah. Change well, our you
1: got—you got a lot in this box. Let me tell you. I mean, you, uh, there's not anything in that box. I mean, it's definitely got, if nothing else, more than probably what most people would need.
3: Yeah, I'll tell you, it's a, right. it's a great value, and uh, everybody that saw this when we were at the range was really impressed with it. So, um, you know, it's it's definitely a great product. And, um, Jim, you had something that you'd mentioned yesterday, a little something for our listeners here that you might want to talk about?
5: Uh, yes, I believe I know what we're talking about. <laughs> well, um, let's see. <laughs> after, after the show last week, are, are we talking about the coupon code? We are. Okay. After the show last week, we were so impressed with uh, Not Me SD uh, that we decided that for your listeners, uh, they go to the blackhoundoptics.com website, drop anything they want into the shopping cart, and when you go to view cart, at the bottom, there's a little box to type in a coupon code. Your listeners just have to type in Not Me SD, and we're going to give them a discount on the scope, and then thirty percent of that sale price, we're going to donate to, to the
2: Not Me's estate.
1: Hey, that's awesome! Fantastic! That is awesome. That guys. is
2: very cool. Thank you. Very generous and thoughtful. Thank you. Absolutely. No, no,
5: it, that, that's a that's a great cause. I, I uh, there there's nothing nothing of, you know worse than knowing you could help somebody oh, in that kind of situation yeah. and not set it up.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's 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 huge. That's huge. All right. So, anything you got? Some more? So um, I can with some
3: more if you want more. You want well,
1: more? no, let's, <laughs> I mean you, yeah, you, you've been loving this thing. I
3: mean, well, I actually I enjoyed this. I tell you, it was it was fun evaluating these scopes. Um, Rick and Jim are just great. I mean, what a what a just cool company. To well, the thing about this.
1: Rick Jim, I mean, here's the thing that's important as well. So you get somebody here, a, a brand new gun owner, okay, and they get the box and. You know, there's a lot of things. That's why I always jump in and say, what does that stand for? And what does this stand for? And I think you guys are readily available for the consumer to contact you, either by email or by phone, to actually have a conversation with you if they have questions on any of your products.
5: Absolutely. That, that's true. We, we, you know, we, we've routinely had, uh, we'll get an email drop in. Uh, we've had them as late as 1130 at night. And if we, ha- you know, we're awake and it comes in, we'll answer it right then at eleven thirty. Sure. Um, I, d- I don't want to start telling everybody to start calling me on Sunday, <laughs> in the middle of the day. But, but we uh, we we do try and get back. And during the week, you know, we we typically will respond uh, in less than a minute to uh, our chat window or to a uh, an email.
1: Right. And I only I only threw that out there because product is great, customer service is king. Because you can have the best, you can have the best product on the planet, but if you don't have that service behind it, it's worthless. Right. And that's probably why yeah, that's you guys awesome. are successful, right?
5: Well, we'd we'd like to think so. You know uh, that, and you, know, like I said, you you have a great product, you have a great guarantee, right? And you take care of your customers, you do the right thing. Uh, wow. I I I don't know what else you can do besides that.
1: Yeah, I came from the service industry. Uh, cars in the seventies, eighties, and nineties. And if you want to learn customer service, that's when you want to learn customer service because that
3: product was terrible. <laughs> so, Jim, what do you guys do? You guys have anything uh, new or good coming up here uh, in the near future, scope-wise? We.
5: Yeah, we, uh, we just got some prototypes in. Uh, we're going to be releasing some new models um, towards the end of the year, maybe, maybe the beginning of the year around SHOT Show. Um, we've got a 5 to 25, 5 by 56, and a 4 to 32 by 56. They're going to be available in MOA or MIL. And they're going to be on that larger 34-millimeter chassis that the 1 to 8 was on. So that allows more light transmission, gives you a better field of view. Uh, you yeah, we're going up to a 56 mil, uh millimeter objective. Uh, so those two will be coming out right around the end of the year. Uh, and then we're also looking at some uh, some pistol reflex sights that we're going to be releasing shortly after that.
2: How do you guys decide? I've always kind of wondered this. You know, there's there's a lot of different uh, you know um... Powers. And that's like, how do you guys decide on a next pro- project? I mean, or, you know, our next product. What, you know, what makes you decide? Well, we need this power and this. You know, uh, how's that decision? Uh, usually,
5: I, I have a couple of cocktails, start throwing darts. <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I think I believe I, I told you last time we surveyed thirteen thousand U.S. shooters, and we we got that data. And then now that we've been selling what we have, we we take things like this, like what Joe just said. Uh, you know, when you're when you're talking to us, uh, you're, you know, if we make a decision, we can start moving on it right away. We don't have a big corporate board and all these th- things to go through. So the feedback we've got from our customers, I wish it had this, I wish it had that, right. wouldn't, wouldn't this be nice? And we catalog all those. A lot of times people feel like uh, it doesn't do any good to tell them, you know, right. or to just talk about something I'd like to have. We, we have exhaustive databases of this stuff. Every phone call, what was it? You know, we make notes. What was it about? And then that drives us towards what what the next uh, the next product
1: should be. So I need to ask one question: Any other color besides black? Yeah, I mean, you're kind of Henry Ford, really.
5: We, we well, have you, four, you four can four. get them uh, <laughs> any color you want as long as it's black. <laughs> I couldn't help um, myself. Yeah, four colors. <laughs> you know, we black, have, black, <laughs> black, black, Yeah, we we are getting ready to. Uh, we're we're working with some uh, factory certified Cerakote guys uh where we're not going to offer it right you know, in those right. colors but we're we're going to be able to recommend you to some places and and uh, we'll probably put out a little video on how to seracote it because some guys do they want they want to make it camo if they're hunting or something <laughs> like that
1: yeah that's it i mean i just thinking out loud but you know but that i knew that would be a great answer so all right guys well <laughs> hey we cannot thank you enough for not only helping out um the website and that was Michael was that again the me too yeah m- m- uh, not me oh, not me S. <laughs> D. Not, <me. laughs> not me that's SD. a whole different movement that's a whole different <laughs> movement so we want to thank you for that uh give your website out one more time
5: it's blackhoundoptics.com and that coupon code at your in your shopping cart is not me S D.
1: all right and if somebody doesn't have a computer you have a phone number
5: uh okay oh, no. whiz yeah, yeah, I do. Hold <laughs> I, know, he, I never, never. He does never that to
3: me all that. the time.
5: It's 770 910 7749. Or they can email me, Jim at blackhoundoptics.com.
7: Yeah, or me as well at rick at blackhoundoptics.com. Easy.
1: All right, buddy. Well, thank you very much. You enjoy the rest of your week. We'll be talking to you down the road. Yeah, we'll see it come from. Thank you, guys. All right, this is FM 961 AM 1170, The Answer.
0: Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, educating you on your Second Amendment right. Now, here are your hosts of Gun Owners Radio, Dave Stahl, Joe Jermisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego.
1: All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. Hey, folks, thousands of new gun buyers just found out what San Diego Gun Owners Already new. AO Sword Firearms in El Cajon has the widest selection of guns in the county. Hundreds of new and used guns in stock, and everything you could want for an AR 15. AO Sword is also a professional gunsmith with a full machine shop for cleaning, repairs, upgrading, and customization. Check out AO Sword on Facebook or just go to AOsword.com. Now we have our Firearms Technical SP. Expert on the line, Mr. David Chong. How you doing, buddy? It's a good day, good isn't day it though? Yeah. What? Well, not the too hot. Heat wave is not, passing. Yeah. yeah. But don't look uh, now; it's coming back next week. But that's another story. Oh, son of a gun! I well, um,
8: I I want to follow on the heels of uh, your last segment. I'll tell you, uh, Ao Sword has uh, uh, uh well over a hundred. Uh, Uh, Scopes, and uh, um, it's it's a rarer for a seracoder to be able to do that and you know change color on a black scope into whatever you want, including camouflage, uh, because they really have to know what they're doing. The on the prep side, man, you can't, you definitely don't want to media blast any of the glass or the control surfaces. Um, And then on the uh, cure side. Uh, you really don't want to bake these things because they're nitrogen filled, sealed. You can differentiate the pressure differential can uh, break something inside. So you use air cure Cerakote, Um and uh, that requires a, uh, a completely different mix and a little bit different prep.
1: So what uh, you're we sure do that. So what you're basically saying this is not something Michael should be doing.
8: Yeah, not a homebrew thing. Absolutely, <laughs> uh, and and for. You know, I'll even say for folks out there who maybe do Cerakote on the side or something like that, uh, do not bake your scopes. You yeah. want to use your air cure Cerakote, take it to a professional. There's, there's so much involved and you want that to be right.
1: So I, I know I don't want to pinpoint you to a, a specific price, but what's kind of the range that you'd be looking at, say to uh a uh, scope.
8: Sure. Uh, it's, it's kind of based on uh, size and mm-hmm. complexity, and and then uh, with scopes. So that something the size of a scope is about an eighty dollars uh, oh. job.
1: Gosh, that's but not bad at all.
8: The problem is in the prep. Um, right. Uh, they take a lot of masking uh, and uh, and preparation. So you're probably looking at between. Uh, a half hour and an hour of extra prep for masking depending on what you want to do there mm. so uh, our hourly rate 75 bucks so between 35 and 75 dollars for your prep plus your uh 70 80 dollar uh yeah. a fee and so under 150
3: and you got to scope the color you want it
1: well and that that's more than reasonable i think what do you think joe
3: no, I think it's great, actually. I was surprised it was that, uh, that little.
1: Well, I know. I, I, I kind of was, too, but I know not, Dave.
3: Not that it was David or anything. No, I was no, saying. no, no, no. But, I mean, <laughs> you asked me you could do it that
1: But you got to ask the expert. But I have a sneaky feeling if you shopped around, you're going to find out David is a little bit more reasonable than a lot of other people. I got a funny feeling. Correct me if I'm wrong.
8: Well, thank you. I, you know, I, just like I talked about last week, uh, I want long-term customers, not uh, right. one-shot uh Uh, gouging, and uh, that's why we're still selling our guns at MSRP
1: Yeah.
8: uh, in a time when Glocks are going for $850.
1: So how are you doing Um, with inventory?
8: All right. I I want to talk about a new piece that I got in. Uh, It is very rare that we get to talk about a new handgun on the California roster of safe handguns. I I can't remember the last time we did talk about that, because if you... And if you look at the uh, the California Department of Justice's list of recently decertified guns, it's about 100 long. And if you click on the other link that says Department of Justice recently certified handguns for sale, there's one gun on it. And that is the Colt Python. No oh. kidding. Uh, Colt managed to get the Python back on the roster, and so it is available for sale in California from a dealer you can transfer it in from out of state, whatever. Uh, they have been making uh, a new version of the classic Colt Python since a uh, shot show last year. And man, these things have been, uh, very, very popular. Um, you may know that I am a, uh, wheel gun enthusiast. I have a very large collection of Smith and Wessons and Colts. And, uh, so I really appreciate the, the industrial art that is, uh, uh, embodied in a in a quality revolver.
1: This um, thing is beautiful. Holy moly! Are you moral. looking it up?
8: Yeah. Heck yeah! It's got the the bright polished stainless finish, ah. uh, which used to be a premium and uh, now it's standard. Um, it it does preserve the classic lines of the extremely popular Colt Python. You guys know why Colt Pythons became so popular, right? Wow. Yeah. Go
3: Anybody ahead and tell it, us. Yes.
8: Well, for the, uh, uh, all sidestep back in the eighties, uh, Mr. Dirty Harry. I knew had, it. I uh, knew it. I... Had, yeah. He, he had a Smith and Wesson, but, uh, uh, for modern times, it's Mr. Rick Grimes, former sheriff of the, uh, walking dead world. Oh, and he's God. got a, a uh, stainless colt Python. <laughs> and so once walking dead came out, I think it was 2010, mm-hmm. uh, Python's, which were already very collectible because they've been discontinued for a while, uh, they started trading at over three thousand dollars for a, a, a not even a, a mint condition one, just a, a good solid, uh, still got most of the finish left on it. Python would run you about three grand. Um, uh, these uh, these new production uh, pythons available for sale at our shop um, right now. You can get them in uh, four and a quarter inch. And they have already submitted and are working on approval for the six-inch model. Um, they have a slightly revised um, uh, mechanism and action. Uh, the uh, the new uh, – I think the most significant change is it uses about half as many moving parts. And that sounds like uh, simpler and cheaper. That's not actually the case Uh they improved on the legend and made the double action far, far better. Um, I'm going to tell you uh, the old Python, which had a uh, it really was well known for single action break that that trigger on the single action. We cock the hammer and then squeeze off the round. Um, those averaged about four pounds, so just a beautiful, crisp uh, uh, one of the best single action ever made um, uh, but now but the, the old double action where you uh, press the trigger all the way through to cock the hammer and then uh, um, uh, break the old pythons had about a nine to twelve pounds trigger the new ones are coming out at about seven or eight pounds mm. and more importantly they don't uh, have a big hump at the end right before the 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 hammer falls. It's just smooth as glass all the way through, and then boop, uh, off goes the round. So it's very predictable. Uh, frankly, it's more accurate. Uh, I would tell you, as a as a as a collector, uh, the only double action revolver uh, trigger pull that I have that that beats the new Python is my old Smith and Wesson registered Magnum. Uh, if you were to try and buy that beauty, uh, she'd be. Oh, about fifteen thousand dollars! Wow.
1: So here in California, for every gun that goes on the roster, three have to come off.
8: They're trying to pass that law. I, uh, I haven't heard that it has passed yet. Oh, but, uh, 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 that that was in uh, uh, that was in committee last I heard, but had not yet been.
3: Oh, I thought it was vote. already. Yeah, that, that's been proposed, right? But uh-huh. there's nothing to stop it. Yeah, it's going to get passed. It just hadn't, hadn't It'll happened It'll
2: probably
1: get you know. passed. Yep, that's yeah, well, sure. That's Welcome it. to California. So the, the
2: python, yeah. before we uh, stop talking about the python, the python and the anaconda, and I thought there was one other snakey uh, colt.
8: Y- there is. Uh, the king cobra. Yeah, yeah okay, and so the king cobra. Cobra, king cobra. And the Python. So you're looking at a Cobra the thirty eight special, King Cobra is the three fifty seven Magnum, and of course the uh Python is uh uh the, frankly the higher quality uh uh three fifty seven magnum.
2: and the anaconda was a forty four? Uh yes, that is correct.
8: So well, what's with all these
1: snake them? names? <laughs> well
8: that was that was their deal. They're uh Colts uh uh Colts wheel gun uh, production was all named after snakes
2: interesting and when did they discontinue those like early 90s uh, I, 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 yeah
8: well it it, it uh, went over a, a span of years but between the late 80s and early 90s yes yeah.
2: i thought that was just the, the you know I, I think colt's made a lot of mistakes but uh you know business mm-hmm. well i don't know i i didn't see the you know the budgets and the the you know the charts and whatever, but it seemed like it was an enormous mistake to discontinue that the those lines. I don't even remember were they replaced by something, or did they just stop no, making they were them? Not. I, I will
8: I will tell you. Uh, uh, there is something that's not talked about, and I don't mean to uh, ambush our uh, conversation too much here, but this would be a really interesting topic to talk about another time. Okay. Uh, yeah. Our gun manufacturers are are being. Um, kidnapped, hijacked, uh, absconded with by uh, predatory investment groups that run them into the ground. Oh. Um, we are losing uh, Remington. I heard,
1: I heard uh, about Pols that. Colt
8: got run into the ground. Uh, uh, Smith Wesson's been a little bit better off because they're more closely held, but uh, our, our legacy gun manufacturers in the United States uh, are – uh, uh, Winchester is another example. Yeah. They're getting bought up by speculative uh, investment groups, raided and pillaged for uh, cash and assets, and then left to die.
2: And it, well, let's it's talk a, about that. Let's do this next yeah, week. Let's, let's do this, do this next, next week, week yeah. David.
1: And then you're yeah, going to add good. add on to A.O. sword hire all of these people, and start making <laughs> the Chong gun.
8: All right,
1: right all there. Right. You
8: got it. All right. Colt Python in stock. Got to come see it. Beautiful gun. Oh,
1: I'll probably come out and visit with you next week. You take care, guys. All right. You too. This is Gun Owners Radio, AM 1170, FM 961. The answer. Hey folks. Welcome back. This is Gun Owners Radio FM 961. AM 1170. The answer. Alright, well welcome back and don't forget to. it's, you know, it is thanks to our sponsors that we get to broadcast and bring you the best Second Amendment contact show in the nation. Trust me. So please, right now, check out the website of Attorney John Dillon U.S. Law Shield Firearms Legal Protection, the Gun Range San Diego, on Balboa, that is. A.O. Sword in El Cajon, PRMI Mortgage, and get yourself a Cali Key. And if you need to find out more info on our sponsors, go to to gunownersradio.com. All right, this is by far our most popular segment every week. You write in and ask a question of Sam the Gunman. And if we use your gun trivia question, we will send you a San Diego County gun owner shirt, which has scientifically been proven to improve your marksmanship and slow down the sweat. It's true. And if you stub Sam, then we will send you a shirt and a hat. And without further ado, Sam, the gunman. Ah. What's going on, son? Not much. How are you guys? Living the dream. How about you? Um, I can't complain. Nope. Doesn't do any good. No one's listening. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Sam the gunman.
2: Stump my nephew. Okay, so Lauren from Coronado uh, writes in and says, when shooting at targets that are uphill or downhill from you, you should aim... Oh, that's the question? That's the question. Uh,
9: When shooting at
2: targets that are uphill or downhill from you, you should aim?
9: I would say it depends on the distance uh, and, uh, of course, the ballistics of the ammunition you're using. Um, That's probably not the answer she gave, but if you look... Unless it's a
2: difference... Let me me ask you this. So she's looking for... um, She's looking for uh, should you aim... Higher or lower or the exact same? And she doesn't have the answer. You do. know <laughs> well, okay. she's got the answer.
9: <laughs> I would say in most cases, generally speaking, you should aim in pretty much the same spot because unless there's a huge difference in elevation and you're at relatively long distance, it really will not make much of a difference.
2: Unfortunately, this week we stumped you. Um,
1: it's, the
2: answer is, and this is... Uh, I didn't know this at all, but I had to look it up, and I, I had to kind of figure out the question here. But the answer is that when you're shooting at targets that are uphill or downhill from you, you actually aim low both. So whether they're uphill from you or downhill from you, you're actually going to aim a little bit low. The closer you get to vertical, either up or down, the less gravity the trajectory of the bullet has, so you hold low either way. And actually looked it up here it says uh one one resource here says yeah where a, did you get your source there's a physical ballistic problem encountered when shooting at angles that causes the bullets point of impact to hit high the solution aim lower um the article uh how to compensate for uphill downhill shooting by firearm firearm uh, firearmsite.com states that when shooting uphill you have to hold your sights below the target in order to hit the target a similar effect occurs when shooting downhill to compensate for shooting downhill you must also aim below the target Isn't that interesting
9: huh i didn't i never really thought about that well uh, i guess i would have to sit down with a pen and paper and work out the trigonometry
1: <laughs> only you would do that <laughs> because we
2: wouldn't have a clue i didn't well, know that I, someone else did somebody else lauren from uh, coronado knew
1: uh, wow. But I thought that, I think that's a pretty interesting little factoid there. I think so too. And now you have another one in your quiver.
9: Yeah. Well, there
1: you go, I guess. I guess. Oh, no, look, now know. he's depressed. No, 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 I feel See like what it. you did? You hurt your <laughs> you hit your nephew's feelings.
9: God. Well, someone out there is getting a, uh, Lauren is getting a, a very fashionable hat and <laughs> shirt. Yeah. yeah, and shirt.
1: Yeah, that's no kidding. Well, it's funny, we had David Chong on before you. And Michael is asking him all kinds of questions. I'm thinking, oh, that one's for for Sam. That one's for Sam. That one's for Sam.
2: Well, from what I understand, we missed one of the uh, snake guns. Which one did we miss?
9: Um, You mentioned the – I I did catch part of that segment. You mentioned the cobra, the python, and the anaconda. Uh, The cobra has – oh, and the king cobra. The cobra has um, a a few different – variants, including the Night Cobra, which is sort of concealed carry version. It has a bobbed hammer and whatnot.
1: Oh, is that one of those hammerless? Uh, is that what you're talking about, where, the, where the, it's a concealed? Uh, well,
9: no. It, it actually still has an external hammer. It oh. just doesn't have a spur on the hammer. So ah. if you can imagine, like, the back of a double-action-only hammer-fired pistol, it looks kind of like that. Gotcha. The Night Cobra, at least the ones that I've seen, also have shorter barrels and they have a black finish like a Smith and Wesson 442
1: what caliber are they
2: 38 38 so the the the, the Python is uh, they recently started issuing those are you guys selling a lot of those are you seeing a lot of interest
9: uh, it's funny whenever there's a, a big new product announcement like that and I'm talking every single time we get a huge wave of interest uh, like if you do like when the Hellcat was announced, um we had six people come in the day after asking do you have that yet do you have that yet because they apparently don't realize that it takes months and months for them to even start shipping uh and the same thing happened with the python now that we've actually got one of them in stock and it's a six inch model all the interest has has suddenly vanished but uh more for us i guess because it's a lot of fun to handle in the store it's a really smooth gun i bet the that's the colt Six inch 357. Yep. Six inch 357 Magnum. It, uh, the double action pull. really all of the mechanics, especially the double action pull feel like rubbing two wet bars of soap together.
1: <laughs> okay. Now I got to go home and try that. That I have not done before.
2: <laughs> wow. I, I got to tell you my dream gun. I I don't think I've talked about this. My, my dream gun from when I was a kid is a, uh, is a Colt, uh, anaconda the 40, in 44 Magnum. Because the first uh, pellet gun I ever bought was a was a copy of, of the oh an of anaconda. that gun oh yeah and I loved it and it was fun and so now I just want one for you know it's all nostalgia right save your money yeah well there, so an anaconda Sam how much is an anaconda three 000, four thousand dollars. Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't uh, haven't looked them up. I haven't seen them for sale. So they're not in production anymore. They're all used.
1: And oh, that's going to be a fortune.
2: Yeah, you're looking at least three thousand dollars. And this is it's a revolver. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing complicated <laughs> or fancy. Um, but that's why I say, and we're going to talk about it next week with David Chong. We're going to talk about the uh, firearms uh, industry and some of the business mistakes they've made. But uh, I, I really, that's why I say it's a big. Uh, uh, Mistake that Colt made is discontinuing some of these really popular uh, sure. revolvers
1: so, it happens
9: yeah yeah right. you were right. uh, you, you were asking earlier what they replaced the python with um, well, Colt really banked their fortunes on their a r fifteen line uh before everyone else realized that they could make the same thing at a lower price, so you could say they replaced the python with the sixty nine twenty
1: no well, okay, yeah, there you go all right, buddy. Always good talking to you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on, as always. All right. We'll look forward to talking to you next week. Sam, the gunman, folks. All right. Hey, folks, for all you podcast listeners, you need to make sure to listen to the first hour of this podcast. The second will be up shortly. And please, please support all our gun our great sponsors, The Gun Range San Diego at thegunrangesandiego.com. Firearms Legal Protection at FirearmsLegal.com. San Diego County Gun Owners at SDCGO.org. $10. What an investment. U.S. Law Shield at USLawShield.com. Cali Key at K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. PRMI Mortgage at P-R-M-I-E-R-E-S, which is Primerez.com backslash Alpine.com the Dylan Law Group at dillonlawgp.com, AOSward Firearms Store at aosward.com. If you're in any of those stores, please thank them profusely for supporting this uh, two-hour radio show because without it, you will never stay in touch and stay up-to-date as to what's going on in the Second Amendment. And I really want to thank Michael Schwartz, Joe Germisi, Sam the Gunman, the Digital Master, Brendan Thomas, and we got a new guy in the room. We got our good buddy. Big Rich. Big Rich is in the room. (laughs) And uh, we will have the audio fixed next week, so do not despair. And we also have a photographer in here as well, we want to give her a little bit of love. Yeah, Melissa. Well, everybody knows Melissa. Yeah, so thank you, Melissa. You did a wonderful job. She's melting away in the corner. She heads up our social media department at San Diego. she does a phenomenal job. So, hey, folks, go to gunownersradio.com for podcasts up-to-date information and if you want to reach out and you have a question or concern feel free to do so
2: yeah can't tell you how important it is to support sponsors everybody wants to know uh, what can I do to support the Second Amendment right here in San Diego? This is a great idea. And usually what they mean is, what can I do that's super easy, that doesn't take a lot of work to support the Second Amendment in San Diego? Yeah. And it could be fun. And it can be fun. The answer is, go support our sponsors. Uh, right. Go in, tell them you're listening to Gun Owners Radio. Let them know you're thankful. And then buy something from them. Check right. out their website. Just clicking on the website helps.
1: Blackdogoptics.com. So close. Blackhound.com. <laughs> I knew there was a dog in there little Led Zeppelin reference. Yeah, blackhoundoptics.com. Buy anything, and you click on the coupon code, and it is... Not, not Me SD for the coupon code. All right, that's a great discount. 30% will be donated to that organization. All right, we're going to be back next week with a whole lot more. Tons on, of information coming up. Go, go take care of our sponsors. This is <laughs> FM 96.1 AM 1170.
0: The answer. Gun Owners Radio. Fighting to preserve and restore your Second Amendment right. Learn more about Gun Owners Radio and how to become a guest or sponsor by visiting gunownersradio.com. Join Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz every week at this same time as they talk guns and Second Amendment rights. Have fun while staying informed and getting involved. This has been Gun Owners Radio on The Answer San Diego.